some amount of demotivation is positive. Some amount of like stepping aside from the dominant paradigm just for a moment, you know, is positive. So you can kind of get a bigger picture view of the life that you're living, the choices you're making, the culture that you're in. Welcome back to episode 46 of That's So Maven. Before we jump into this week's episode, I just want to say thank you to everybody who reached out after last week's episode with Riley from Imperfect Produce. I'll be honest, I was a little bit afraid to share that episode because I wasn't sure what the response was going to be to a whole episode dedicated to food waste. It's not necessarily the sexiest topic, but I was blown away by how many of you reached out after the episode to say that you enjoyed it, that you learned so much from it. Some of you said you took some notes about it, which is amazing. And I'm glad that the takeaway from the episode is that yes, this is an issue, but there are so many ways in which we can actually help reduce our food waste, whether it be on an individual level or on a global scale. So I'm so glad that you guys took a lot away from it. I know I did as well, and I've been a lot more conscious of making sure to use the whole plant or to save scraps to make veggie stock. I kind of got lazy and was like, oh, I'll just compost it. But I'm realizing, you know, there's so much that can be done with all of these food scraps, even like the tip that I gave about giving your stems to your dogs so if you're if you're into that kind of stuff I'm thrilled that that episode could be helpful to you and if you're not I hope you can have an open mind and do something good for the planet today and every day if that's possible but let's transition to this week's episode which is also kind of out there and again I'm a little bit nervous about the response because we are talking about something that well I don't feel personally it should be controversial It is pretty controversial. So this week's episode, as I'm sure you figured out from the title, is with Dee Dussault, who is the founder of Ganja Yoga. So the name pretty much gives it away, but basically you take marijuana, whether it be smoking it or edibles, or we go through all the various different ways in which you can consume it, and you do yoga. So it's a pretty simple concept, but we get into how yoga and marijuana can go hand in hand, how marijuana can help improve your yoga practice, ways in which marijuana can actually be good for your health. I think, you know, there's so much stigma around it that it's hard to really sit down and have a conversation without hearing so much judgment on either side. So I'm hoping that you guys can have an open mind while you listen to this episode, even if it's something that you're not into, you know, just be respectful of people who are and people who, you know, do use marijuana for whatever needs they have are able to be under understanding and compassionate towards people who maybe have issues with it and together we can make the world a greener place and you can take that statement as you will but basically this is kind of a different episode I really wanted to have this conversation I'll be honest I saved it until the new year once weed was legalized in California because I just you know want to make sure that Everything we're doing is legally sound because we're kind of, you know, walking on uh, walking on some eggshells here. But also, it is a really important conversation, and it's becoming increasingly more popular as in alternative use for various health conditions has been so, so helpful to so many people and, you know, is becoming legalized in so many countries and states. You know, it's going to be legalized in Canada in the next six months and across many states in the U.S. and, you know, places around the world and has been 
been used as a natural form of medicine for thousands and thousands of years. So there's really nothing new about it. It's just, you know, having a conversation around how it can actually be helpful within the context of the world in which we live, which isn't always, you know, open to these kind of alternative forms of medicine. So that's what we're going to be talking about. Dee is so knowledgeable about this. I also love that she's a Torontonian and lives in California. And we just totally vibed for our hour-long conversation. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I would love to hear feedback on it. If these are the kinds of topics that you want to hear more about, I'd love to bring on people who specialize in areas that are you know, somewhat controversial or different from what we've already heard a lot about. I just need to know if this is what you're into. And one of the best places for you to do that is to leave a review on iTunes because it helps me, you know, understand what you guys are into, what you've been enjoying, what you don't enjoy. Feel free to leave feedback there. Send me a message on Instagram or join the THM tribe where we have a lot of conversations about things that are alternative and different and just a great place to be reminded that you are so not alone in the things that you struggle with. I know I have found so much comfort in having the group. So it's just facebook.com slash group slash THM tribe. And I hope you'll hang out till the end so you can hear who's coming up next week on the show. All right, let's jump into the episode. Here's Dee. Hi, Dee. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. I know we've tried to connect a bunch of times and just it hadn't worked out, but I'm so happy to finally have you on the show today to be able to chat more about ganja yoga and learn sort of about what that means. I know that that's something that, you know, a lot of people probably aren't too familiar with. So I would love if you could kind of share a bit more about your background and how you ended up launching ganja yoga. Yeah, so um, I've been a yoga practitioner since the mid-90s, and it's been sober yoga. Um, But in the late sort of 2000s, I got into cannabis. I was a late bloomer, and I found immediately it positively impacted lots of different areas of my life, um, but specifically my yoga practice. And I had a lot of guilt around that, or it was just sort of confusion and uncertainty about whether, you know, it was right practice, you know, spiritually to be using a plant medicine in that way. But it really has felt right for me. So I launched Ganja Yoga, Cannabis Enhanced Yoga in 2009 in Toronto, where I'm from. Um, And then I came to San Francisco and I've been doing it here for three years. Awesome. Well, I love meeting a fellow Torontonian. I'm also from Toronto and live in San Francisco. So I've totally followed your your course out here. And, you know, there's definitely a sentiment out here in the Bay Area of, you know, using cannabis or, you know, especially now that marijuana has been legalized in California, it's something that, you know, is becoming more recreationally used. And I'm curious, you know, what was your first experience with ganja yoga like? Like how... How did that even happen? You mean like with as a public class or my own private? Your own your own first personal experience with it. Yeah, well, I found the cannabis, you know, made me just want to slow down and relax and, you know, gaze at the stars or, you know, watch the ducks in the pond. It just really like lends itself to sensory experiences and relaxing. And so if you already have a yoga practice, it's really natural to just want to get down on the floor and relax or massage or stretch or just daydream. So, you know, it sort of brings you into those more, I don't know, mindful type practices. So for me, you know, it just really positively impacted, you know, in so many different ways. 
I was more aware of my body, more interested in the flow of the breath and, you know, just sort of fascinated by all these new sensations. Um, and, you know, it was, it was pretty impactful. I mean, I felt, you know, the sort of more um, esoteric aspects of yoga that, you know, my yoga teacher training program had taught us about, but, you know, maybe weren't as apparent in the day-to-day -day yoga practice when I'm, you know, giving myself that, you know, one or two hour break from such a busy, distracted mind and, you know, trying to find those kundalini or prana type experiences, you know, weren't necessarily always available. But with the help of cannabis, I, I found I could feel those more sort of, I guess, subtle or, you know, nuanced aspects of the practice. So for me, it was it was really profound in that way, really opening me up to the sort of mystical um, experiences. Definitely. And for you, like, was that something that like, had you tried cannabis before, um, you know, separate from yoga, and then you thought, oh, this would pair really well together? Or was it something that like, they went hand in hand, and you were you were trying to deepen your practice, and this was a tool to do that? Well, I had tried cannabis a couple of times as a teenager, just um, recreationally, but I ended up actually having a pretty bad experience every time I tried it. I would get really paranoid. So I didn't really explore cannabis, you know, in my teens or through college. Um, so when I tried it in my late 20s, I was, you know, just coming at it from a recreational perspective. I didn't even know it could be spiritually or yogically helpful. I had never heard of that. Um, I just wanted to see if I could get high kind of the way everyone might. But when I, it impacted my yoga, you know, that's when I started to do research on, you know, the spiritual relationship. And there is a rich history, you know, not just in yoga, but also sort of throughout the world of, you know, various types of plant medicines, but especially cannabis being used, you know, in um, burial rites, you know, in China and, um, you know, just sort of like around the world in different medicinal and sort of sacred ways. So having that information sort of validates, you know, my own personal experience. Definitely. And the first time, you know, you tried it, was it something like you were very intentional about it or it was more that you were using it recreationally and then thought, I might try some yoga and, and realize that they actually pair really well together? Or was it was it more intentional where, you know, you had someone who was helping guide you through the process? Like, what did that look like for you? Yeah. So, no, it, it wasn't intentional. It was just sort of like, oh, getting high is fun and, you know, it makes conversations fun and you know, what, whatever we're doing, you know, a comedy movie or camping, you know, cannabis seems to be helpful. So I think because I'd already had a yoga practice for, I don't know, maybe about 10 years, you know, sober before, um, you know, it just sort of occurred to me to do yoga. Um, but I didn't have like any kind of mentor or, you know, I, as I said, I didn't know that there was the spiritual history. So I wasn't coming at it, you know, at coming at cannabis from a mindful perspective back then. It was really just, oh, it makes everything better, including yoga. So, you know, why not, right? Um, but the more I learn, the more reverent and, and you know, sort of intentional I, I am toward the plant, you know, how could, how could you not be? Yeah. So, I mean, at what point did that happen for you? Was it, you know, you, you tried it a couple times on your own and thought, hey, like, this is really useful for me. This could be helpful for other people. Were you immediately like, I'm going to incorporate this into my practice and teach this to other people? Or was it, you know, a longer shift to that? It took me, I would say a year or two to come to terms with my cannabis use, you know, as a yogi. Um, I, I did feel ambivalent at first and, um, you know, I had uh, taken in some of the cultural baggage, you know, that cannabis propaganda has, you know, it, 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 just growing up with Reagan era propaganda, you know, I, I still sort of saw it as 
a drug um, or, you know, something that I have to be careful not to get addicted to. You know, I, I didn't, I wasn't really aware of the endocannabinoid system at the time and all of the different, you know, properties of cannabis like CBD. And, you know, I didn't know how medicinal or how sacred it was. So when I got started, I was a little bit, you know, trep I had a little bit of trepidation and I was really coming at it from the perspective that, you know, we have a right to expand our consciousness. We have a right to use, you know, psychedelics. Um, and it was the sort of like um, taking sort of that, that stance. Um, but over the years, you know, since 2009, as we have more scientific understanding of the medicinal and therapeutic properties, I don't really have to, you know, argue for the right to change our consciousness as much. It's more just like, this is a medicine, you know, it, it, almost everyone can benefit from this plant in some way. Um, so it's, I'm, I'm far less, um, I don't know if evangelical is the word, but you know, I don't really have to convince people as hard and I'm much less ambivalent. And in fact, I'm not at all ambivalent. So, you know, the first two years I, I, I kind of had like, Oh, how do I feel about this? Um, you know, but now I, I, I definitely don't even question it. Yeah. And I'm curious, you know, as you kind of explore the more spiritual and medicinal sides of cannabis, like what, what have you learned? Yeah, I'm thinking, you know, for the average person who maybe doesn't have a lot of experience with cannabis or is, you know, coming from a generation where it's viewed as sort of this like evil drug that you will become addicted to and causes you to do all these horrible things. Like how, how do you demystify that for someone? Well, for me, I guess I'm, I value sort of scientific um, discovery, especially if the, you know, the, it's like a really accredited university that I respect and, you know, or, or a publication that doesn't usually fabricate, you know, data. Um, when you start to see, see studies of that nature, you know, like, you know, double blind type, type studies, um, and also hear about how cannabis, you know, states that have cannabis, um, legalized have a, you know, marked reduction in opioid addiction, these kinds of data points for me are, are so compelling, um, you know, that, 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 that for me, that's, that's, you know, uh, maybe because I'm a brainiac, that's the pathway for me to, to really like change my mind or be open-minded. Um, but then the, the experience of it is as well. And I think for many people I've seen here in California, um, a lot of sort of baby boom age population people or just sort of people who did grow up with the propaganda and who are kind of curious, but not fully on board yet. Um, as things become legalized and have become legalized, um, th th now there's that sort of taboo or that like legal sort of taboo and people can explore, you know, the products and there's so many amazing educational forums and so many great companies with really their heart in creating, you know, high quality, you know, tested, organic, you know, really health conscious products. So um, the time is right to, you know, find information uh, uh, online. There's so much, so many amazing websites and resources, and there just really is a lot more out there now that, you know, can, we can reach, you know, populations like, you know, for example, the baby boomers um, who may otherwise, you know, not, not know much about weed, some, you know, some dirt weed that, you know, you just, you just roll it. But nowadays there's so many strains and some, you know, you can really get a customized product for whatever your specific ailment is. So I think we're just so rich in products and, and information now that when someone experiences it and experiences that it doesn't have to feel like a, you know, a drug or a, a severe intoxicant, you know, if you don't want it to, um, you know, that then some of that stigma can just shed as well through direct experience. Definitely. And I think, you know, experimenting with the different options that are out there, everything from, you know, edibles to topical to, you know, smoking, whether it be, you know, from a pen or, you know, something that's a bit more, you know, just 
kinder to your lungs or whatever it is that you choose to use. I think that now that the the government is, depending on where you live, is more open-minded to it, or at least, you know, allowing it to happen recreationally allows you to kind of make that choice for yourself, whereas it was just sort of written off as something that you were not allowed to use and it was bad and it didn't allow for experimentation. So beyond, you know, the actual like evidence-based medicine that marijuana can be helpful for pain, for chronic illness, for, you know, a whole slew of things that are out there. And we know this, it's rooted in science. Now there is room for experimentation. And hopefully with that, you know, a lot of the taboos will will lessen and it will open up more opportunity for things like ganja yoga and allowing people to use this medicine, you know, a lot more intentionally than we've been allowed to before where it had to be done in secret and you'd get in trouble if you were caught. And there was just so much to it that didn't allow it to be explored in a very safe environment. It almost pushed it into this realm of, of unsafe you know, where there wasn't, you know, any kind of regulation around what kind of, you know, plants are being grown and using the right type for whatever it is that you're struggling with. And so, you know, I'm, I'm thrilled to see governments getting on board with this. And I'm, I'm curious, you know, how, how are things shifting now that, you know, it's very new in California here that it's been legalized, but you know, a lot of other states, it's becoming legalized in Canada, it will be legalized in the next six months. So it's happening. How do you think that's going to affect ganja yoga and people using it more for a more intentional use? Well, I've already seen just, you know, in the, I would say in the last two years, um, a huge rise in the number of different teachers, you know, around, especially in the, in California, Colorado, but around the states, throughout the states and in California who are offering their own form of ganja yoga. So it's, you know, just sort of, if you, if you have your finger on the pulse, you know, I pay attention on Instagram and I get a Google alert anytime there's a media reference, um, to cannabis enhanced yoga. Um, and I'm seeing a lot more, you know, stories and a lot more events around mindful cannabis use and yogic cannabis use. And I think that's just going to keep continuing, especially in Canada, California, Colorado, places like this. I think pretty soon yoga studios will have, you know, CBD tinctures at least on hand and topicals. You know, these don't these don't get you high. They, they can help with pain and anxiety and um, you know, but then why not also vape pens, maybe, you know, why not maybe also get a little high the way Shiva did, you know? Um, so, you know, I think that, you know, that they, they you know, I, I really think that at least the non-psychoactive forms will be present at a lot of yoga studios in no time. Um, and I'm a big advocate for the psychoactive stuff too, you know, if people want, um, I don't want to create like a dichotomy where CBD is the good, the good cannabis, but THC is the bad cannabis or anything like that. So it's such a personalized relationship, but, um, at the very least having CBD on hand, I think is, is just a no brainer because it's, it's just like a medicine, you know, with, with no adverse effects. It's, it's, it's a miracle of medicine really, you know? Yeah, completely. And I think, you know, the fact that CBD is available is, is a great place to start and an access point for a lot of people who have maybe, you know, not experimented at all with marijuana in any way. And I would love, you know, I'm familiar with the difference between CBD and THC, 
but I think there are probably a lot of people listening who have no idea what we're talking about right now. So I would love if you could kind of explain what the difference is um, and how, you know, people might be able to use one or the other or where there might be benefits for one versus the other. Yeah, sure. So, you know, uh, THC is, you know, most people have heard of that. And when they hear the word, you know, marijuana or, or cannabis, um, THC is sort of what comes to mind. So for many people, it's just sort of analogous. It's the same thing. But that's that's actually a misconception. THC is, you know, one of many compounds or one of many parts of the cannabis plant. So it's definitely been bred to be the most dominant one because it's the one that's, you know, the, the one that gets you most high. Um, and so, you know, without the education about the other compounds, um, growers have been focusing on it for, for quite a long time. But we're just starting to realize the other, you know, I think 80 or so cousins of THC. And the second most well-known um, compound is uh, CBD. Um, and CBD is, is sort of like a THC's opposite. So THC gets you high and at really high doses, it can cause anxiety and, and paranoia. So in my early ex exploration with cannabis, I was, I was probably consuming really high THC stuff and probably not in the best set and setting for exp exploring and experimenting. Um, so I did get, you know, pretty negative psychological effects. But CBD now, if it's added to cannabis or taken as a tincture alongside smoking cannabis, um, it, it's it's uh, uh, non-anxiety or anti-anxiety, and it helps with sleep, helps with insomnia, helps with pain. Uh, incidentally, THC has also been shown to help with pain, so they, they, they help with pain in different ways. They use different neural pathways to access you know, potential pain points. Um, and so it's, it's best if these are used in conjunction with each other to some amount. So if you're you know, uh, treating a child with seizure disorder, uh, CBD has been shown to be very effective. So you'd want a product that's pretty much wholly just CBD. You don't you don't want to give a kid something psychoactive, right? Um, but then, you know, a patient, an adult patient managing pain, they might find a ratio of maybe one part CBD to one part THC, and they might get a little bit of a high that they enjoy from that or, you know, some of the antidepressant qualities that THC might bring. Um, so, you know, playing around with different ratios and, you know, these are just two of the components. So you could really geek out and get into CBG and CBN and, you know, really, you know, how, how we're just starting to understand the complex and sort of, you know, amazing uh, quality of, of the cannabis plant. Definitely. And I think that that, you know, exploration will only continue and I'm excited to see it unfold. It's really cool to see, you know, booths for CBD at, you know, different health expos or different conventions and I can only imagine that that growth will continue and we'll start seeing the option for THC or, you know, many of the, the different strains of cannabis that are out there. And, you know, I love that there's almost something for everyone, which is, it's pretty cool to see. And, and I hope that we'll be able to continue seeing more of this and, and that education will continue. And, we're, you know, we're starting here on this podcast for sure, because I think there's a lot of people who are totally unfamiliar with this world entirely. So I'm, I'm glad that we can talk about this and you know I'm hoping for anyone who maybe can't attend ganja yoga you know go to a class with you that you might be able to walk them through what that might look like because I'm curious you know is there a practice that everyone does together is it sort of a choose your own adventure can you use CBD can you use THC like what what are the options available yeah so it's 
pretty abundant, um, especially because there's just so many great companies with so many great products. What, you know, when I started in Toronto, it was sort of like one joint and, you know, past the, the big vaporizer volcano bag. And it, it was not very sophisticated, the technology back then. But now when you come, you have a choice of five methods of consumption. So there's the classic you know, pre-roll, you know, joint, the smokable joint. Um, and we usually have indica, which is like more relaxing strain, sativa, which is more upbeat strain. And sometimes we have CBD strains too. So that's one method, the smoking. And then there's vape vaping, which you mentioned is a more health conscious choice. It's less, you know, um, combustion. So you're not actually breathing in any, you know, burnt matter. So vaping is, you know, a, a more yogic, choice perhaps, although lots of people like the ritual and the sensory experience of smoking. So we want to have that here as an option too. So vaping, smoking, we have edibles that you can either enjoy for class or take home. Edibles have a very unique effect. So a lot of people might prefer to uh, explore them in the privacy and comfort of their own home because the duration is pretty long. Um, it's You're kind of you know committing to probably a few hours worth of you know, feeling incredible in your body, so relaxed. Um, but, you know, you kind of want to be prepared for that. So, you know, it's there if people want or they can take it home. And then we have dabbing, which is a new technology of using cannabis concentrate similar to vaping. It's just a little bit stronger. Um, so that's a bit more for the aficionado who's, you know, comfortable with getting quite high. Uh, and then lastly, we have the CBD tincture. So tincture is, um, you know, an ancient medicine, um, you know, that goes underneath your tongue so it can enter your blood uh, vessels immediately, unlike edibles that take, you know, 45 minutes to digest. So if you want to have some CBD um, to offset the THC, you're here at class, you know, you smoke a little more than you wanted to and you got a little more high than comfortable, you can take the THC, it's, or sorry, rather the CBD. It's always by the water, so people always know where to find it. And it's sort of like a uh, immediate sort of offset to any potential overconsumption of THC. Um, and, you know, it should be noted that you, you can't overdose on cannabis, you know, you can't, um, you know, die, die from overconsuming it, it's impossible, but it can definitely feel bad when you take too much. And having gone through that myself several times in, in my teens, I not only have the CBD on hand to mitigate any offs, you know, any THC that, that people may not want, but there's also a sign that says, if you're new to cannabis, start low and go slow. You can always add more as you go. Um, just to really give the tone of like, you know, kind of microdosing and minimum effective dose, um, just as you're building that relationship. So you don't have to feel those negative feelings of overconsumption. Definitely. And there's, you know, nothing worse than, than going too strong on something and you're kind of out of commission. It's, you know, it really takes away from the experience. And I'm wondering, you know, when you're in class and, you know, you've, you've taken your, your form of weed that, you know, feels like the best fit for you. Is it, you know, uh, is there a certain type of yoga that it pairs best with? Like, would you, you know, pair it more with like yin or kundalini uh, rather than, you know, a vinyasa or power flow? Or is it, you know, kind of, again, choose your own adventure? I'm a big advocate for the relaxation-based yoga practice. Um, I used to love, you know, vinyasa flow and power flow and stuff. But I think with cannabis, um, especially with people of different levels, all, you know, different levels to yoga, different levels to cannabis, there's a lot of variables. So I think sticking with something slow helps people make, you know, make sure they're getting into good alignment, finding safe, you know, safety in their poses and not just sort of flying through a really fast vinyasa set. Um, so my classes are all on the Hatha 
or yin or sort of restorative side. And if we do any kind of flow or, you know, more dynamic, it's very, very slow, very mindful and much more about relaxing than attaining postures. So I oftentimes, you know, invite the students to close their eyes. So to literally, you know, get them out of feeling like they have to look around and, you know, keep up with the class, but really about feeling like the internal experience. And I can see how it would pair really well with something that's a bit of a, a slower flow, just because, you know, just sort of that that relaxation piece of it, though, I, I would imagine that, you know, it kind of depends on which strain that you're taking. And, and you kind of talked about this a little bit, but, you know, there are several different strains of THC. I'm not actually sure about how many strains there are of CBD. I would imagine that there's probably, you know, similar, but, um, you know, some people might choose for sativa to, you know, help awaken them or indica for a more relaxing experience. Is there something that, you know, you, you personally prefer or would advocate for someone who's just trying this out for the first time? I, yeah, I think if people are just trying cannabis for the first time to definitely take CBD in conjunction with something else. So either, you know, straight CBD, if they just want to feel CBD and the pain relieving properties, if they want to get kind of high, I always recommend they take CBD as well. Um, and then so if they're, you know, whether it's the tincture under the tongue or one of our vapes has CBD in it, um, sometimes the, pre, the joints do too. Um, so, you know, if they're going to smoke some THC, it does sort of branch off, you know, THC has sort of what's known as two types or two, you know, strains. So the indica and the sativa, um, the indica is, is known to be more of a body high or a relaxing high, the sort of couch lock experience, you know, where you're maybe groggy. Um, a little bit of that is amazing because we're all so agitated and ADD in our culture that relaxing, you know, is, is so great. But then at the extreme, you know, you might be you know, too lazy to do yoga. Um, and then sativa is sort of the opposite. It, so they're both forms of THC, um, but the sativa is a more cerebral, creative, uh, talkative, social um, sort of, you know, effect for the most part, right? And so if you're already a high strung or, you know, very busy minded or anxious person, sativa is going to amplify that potentially. So I wouldn't necessarily recommend those zippy strains for people who are already kind of zippy. Um, but if you're kind of sluggish when you enter the class, a couple tokes of sativa might wake you up out of your sluggish state. So it depends on the person and the personality, but also the, what they're feeling and needing in that moment. And, you know, these are two kind of arbitrary um, sativa indica, kind of arbitrary um, dichotomy. Most strains of cannabis are hybrids that fall somewhere in between. And there's, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of unique strains that have, you know, some amount of the kind of indica and some amount of the sativa, some amount of CBD and some amount of the other 80 cannabinoids. So the strains, you know, are unique and you can kind of get into almost like a wine or chocolate or tea connoisseur where you can really smell and taste and experience the psychological difference between strains. I, I'm not necessarily, I'm more of the type of person, like I just like all weed, but the really connoisseurs can really, they'll smoke it and they'll say, oh yeah, this does make me more creative. They can really actually feel the effects. Yeah, I mean, that that takes like, I feel like that's the same with any sort of passion about something, whether it be wine or coffee or chocolate, you know, if you really fine tune your taste buds or your whole sensory experience, then it can, you know, really change and, and open things up for you. But that, you know, for me, I feel like that's something that I, 
I haven't explored enough to be able to tell any kind of difference, but you know, give it time. Give it but, time, yeah. I can I can tell this the fragrance, like the smell difference. And I, you know, I can this one has a little berry or this one's more pine or citrus. You can you can start start to feel some smell differences. Um, but you know, once I smoke it, I can't for me personally, I just don't always feel like a totally different effect. You know, it's for the most part they're all kind of relaxing and, and nice, you know. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> So I, this is more of a logistical question, but, you know, in California, it was recently legalized. But if, it, if you know, prior to January 2018, how were people able to access the class? Did they need a medical card in order to attend or, you know, what, what was sort of the practice around that? Yeah, yeah. So Prop 64, which just happened, you know, this January a couple of days ago, um, was actually made into law uh, November of last of you know, 2016, um, it just took sort of a year to come into effect. So, you know, when the Trump administration, you know, happened that Prop 64 happened at the same time. So since November of then, I've, I've been allowed to invite anyone over 21 to come, which radicalized the class because before that, yeah, you did need a medical card. So you had to be a California citizen. After Prop 64, people from other states were coming. I had a woman come to a Ganja Yoga retreat from Texas. I had a guy from United Arab Emirates, like Dubai kind of place. So, you know, where it's very illegal, right? So I just feel so great that people are coming to California and they're able to experience cannabis culture and especially this sort of more mindful cannabis culture. So since Prop 64, it's been really great to have people from other states and other countries. Definitely. And I feel like if Ganji Yoga is sort of the access point for them, that's amazing. Because I know, you know, beyond just the ways in which it can enhance your yoga practice, there are also a lot of health benefits to it. And I would love if we could kind of talk about that. So, you know, we did kind of mention chronic pain as an option, but what are some ways in which like weed or marijuana, you know, let's focus on THC for right now, because I think that's where a lot of people are pretty unfamiliar. Like, how can it actually be beneficial for your health? Yeah, so for me, you know, it really depends on, of course, you know, the reason you're taking it and the strain and, you know, the method of consumption and, you know, all of these variables will impact the high, right? So, you know, it's hard to speak sort of really generally, Um, but, you know, just generally, when people use cannabis, um, they're you know sort of choosing to do something to relax. They're doing something besides uh, work and shopping and uh, you know consuming television and you know the internet and the news. You know, so they're they're kind of stepping out of that for even just the moment that it takes to get high. Um, but for the most part, it's not just like a cigarette break where you you know you take the moment and then you come back to you know that that dominant reality. After you get high, you don't really want to do that dominant reality as much. You know, you don't really want to work as hard, and that's why the the stereotype of the lazy stoner can come into play because you know you 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 want to feel good. I, I I definitely get my work done, and a lot of Silicon Valley entrepreneurs here in, in California definitely get their work done. Um, but again, it depends on the strain and and the dose and you know the reasons why you use it. So um, it can you know it can be slightly demotivating. There have been studies that shown that. So you have to you know be mindful of it. But some amount of demotivation is positive. Some amount of like stepping aside from the dominant paradigm just for a moment, you know, is positive. So you can kind of get a bigger picture view of the life that you're living, the choices you're making, the culture that you're in. Um, and so it's it's a reprieve. And I would say that's the main benefit, the relaxation, you know, both physically and mentally and the reprieve from sort of that fast paced information age 
kind of, you know, stressful lifestyle that we all kind of are adapting to and taking as normal. But once you get high, you, you kind of like, well, wait, maybe we should just lay on the hammock a little longer or, you know, whatever your own version is for, for me, that version is yoga, but for other people, it might be walking in nature or even just watching a comedy movie and just, you know, forgetting about your issues a little bit for a while. Totally. And I think, you know, in our fast paced world where we're just over consuming media, it it feels impossible to escape it. And, you know, obviously escapism isn't the answer for everything. But, you know, for a brief moment in time when you can kind of get some perspective on how quickly you've been moving and how, you know, over engaged you've been with the world around you, it's sometimes nice to just take a step back and be like, I can breathe, (laughs) you know, like I can have a few minutes to breathe or an hour or however long it is that you give yourself. So I'm, I'm definitely in favor of that. A healthy escapism, you know, it's not, not, I mean, some people definitely do use cannabis in an unhealthy way, unhealthy escapism, and anything can be used in an unhealthy way. But, you know, for the most part, if I look around, I hardly see anyone doing that anymore. You know, now that we are aware of you know, the importance of dose and set and setting and moderation and mindfulness. And, you know, it, it, in many ways, it's, it's more like using ginseng or, you know, yerba mate than it is like using, you know, whatever drug you might, caffeine or alcohol or something that's more of an overt drug or, you know, sugar. Totally. Um, definitely more of a, on the health side, you know. Yeah. And I think, you know, in the same way where like having a glass of wine with your friends at dinner can be a really positive experience, having like five and going out and, you know, like losing all of your inhibitions and making poor decisions isn't necessarily healthy for you. So like most things in life, like anything in moderation can be positive. Definitely. So one thing I did want to touch on is sexy flex yoga. So I would love to hear a little bit more about that. And, you know, are you still teaching it? Is that something that, you know, you're still an advocate for? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm a huge advocate for relaxing yoga, cannabis enhanced relaxation. So that's passion number one. And then passion number two is, you know, sexuality and intimacy, romance, sensuality, massage, you know, kind of more in that lovemaking or tantra yoga sort of spectrum. And that's, you know, something that I haven't been focusing on as I've been building Ganja Yoga. But now that Ganja Yoga is, you know, a pretty well-known brand here, I'm actually putting more of my energy into my sex coaching practice and my Sexy Flex class. So Sexy Flex is, you know, a sexual awakening yoga. It's yoga poses and breathing designed to create, you know, arousal or just sort of a blissful, good feeling in your body. It's clothing on, it's not genital. You know, when people hear sexy, they think immediately of overt sexuality, but this is much more of a feminine kind of romantic or sensual kind of feeling. Um, And it's an all women class and having that that environment really it creates, you know, the container for everyone to really relax and tap into their own juicy self. Um, And it's uh, once a month on a Friday night and it's sort of like a seven till 10 experience. So it's like a date night with yourself. 
Totally. And I think, you know, as women, we, we don't experience or talk about this stuff enough. I feel really lucky to have, you know, an incredible group of women in my life who I'm able to talk about these things with, but not everybody is afforded that luxury. So to be able to have a safe space where you can talk about your sexuality and, you know, realize that women, because I think, you know, we're often told that we're, whether it's overt or not, that like being sexual is not, it's, it's unbecoming of women either you know you're at the extreme or you know you keep it to yourself so to have a space that's safe for women to be able to explore that and talk about it is an incredible opportunity yeah definitely and 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 especially because you know in this class it's a lot more about the yogic feeling like the internal sexuality how you feel in this practice and not so much how you look you know and i feel like for women so much of our sexuality is put on us about our looks, like our sexiness to others. And so I think this class is really empowering because it's like you're tapping into your sexiness from within. Definitely. So for anyone who is, you know, brand new to the space, whether it be ganja yoga or sexy flex yoga, and, you know, maybe don't have access to your class, what advice do you have for them if they're interested in sort of exploring the you know cannabis world or you know taking their their yoga yoga practice deeper like what what could they possibly you know do at home or what resources could they seek out to learn more yeah so um you know uh yoga is great in the company of others like in a in the studio um but if every if some someone doesn't have the luxury of that you know it's also something that can be done at home either by yourself um or with a loved one or inviting friends over you know kind of just like taking a little bit of a chance and be like do you want to hang out but do you want to kind of do yoga as we're hanging out and kind of you know deciding like you know how much sort of chatting and socializing there will be and how much more solo practice and introversion time there'll be but you know kind of creating yoga dates with friends in your living room you know so finding how it can work best for you and i do have a book called ganja yoga that came out last april uh with harper collins and in that book i talk about a lot of the troubleshooting a lot of the kind of best practices ideas and going deep deeper into the you know cbd thc the different strains and methods and really everything you need to know to have a safe practice at home um, um, and then I'll be uh, launching online classes. So I'm going to be shooting um, beautiful locations of, you know, all over America. I'm actually planning on traveling around and um, releasing online classes that have these gorgeous backdrops and um, a little bit of information at the beginning of each class, a little bit of, you know, Dharma talk around cannabis or around yoga and then um, all levels practice. So I'm hoping to reach people across the country and potentially across the world um, with this online uh, set of classes that'll be coming out probably, I think, March. That's awesome. I'm really looking forward to that. I mean, I have I have access to your classes, which I'm excited to try them out. So I will keep the listeners posted on my experience. But for anyone who doesn't have access to any of your classes, I'm thrilled to hear that they'll become available online and definitely encourage people to check out your book if they sort of want to explore this more at home. Awesome. Yeah, sounds great. Thank you so much. Of course. So I do want to hit the hot seat question. So these are the questions that I ask to every guest who comes on the show. And I just like comparing their answers and just hearing, you know, where where we differ and what we all have in common. Cool. All right. So the first question is, what's the one health habit you can't live without? Hmm. I guess it's just yoga. That's, that's you know, 
If I go even a day without, you know, some kind of alone time where I'm stretching and restoring my body, then I feel like definitely way off kilter. So totally. I'm, I'm a yoga addict. I, I think that's a great thing to be addicted to. <laughs> yeah. So the next question is, is there a business or a business person who you look up to? Oh, wow. I love that question. There are uh, many. Um I'm just going to keep it very general and say I'm just in awe of all of the women who are entrepreneurs here in this cannabis wellness field, you know, whether they're other cannabis yoga teachers or women creating beautiful CBD products or skincare line or just really putting it out there. You know, um, there's studies that show executive level positions in all of the other industries are, you know, not really held by women. But cannabis is one where the gap is much narrower. And I really want to support women owned businesses in cannabis and just sort of like seeing my entrepreneur sisters and, and working with them, sharing their products at my class. And I'm, I'm just really astounded by the work that they put in and the passion they have. That's awesome. I would love to hear, you know, are there any specific brands that you recommend that are that are women owned in sort of the cannabis space? Oh, yeah, there's so many more than I can name. But just off the top of my head, one of my favorites is a delicious, um, healthy, but yummy paleo cookie company. So they're paleo, they don't have any wheat flour, they use almond flour, and it's low glycemic, but they're just so delicious. And they're low dose cannabis. So good for beginners. It's called Moon Man's Mistress. Awesome. And she, she ethically sources every product. So it's got the ethics, it's got the health, and it's a woman-owned company. It's, it's just so beautiful. That's awesome. I'm definitely going to check that out. So my next question is, what advice would you have for your 20-year-old self? Okay. My advice would be to focus on strengthening. I uh, overdid it with uh, becoming mobile. I thought more flexible was better. Uh, so, you know, I, I still love yoga. I'm still a yoga junkie, but now a lot of my yoga has a more Pilates or strength building uh, edge to it. Whereas in my 20s, I became hypermobile and kind of emphasized um, that hypermobility, thinking it was a good thing and, and really didn't develop the stability. So if I'd go back in time, I'd be a, lot, a little bit more emphasis on the buff. Yeah, well, I think that that's something that we can all gain, whether it's in yoga or not, you know, focus on building strength and, and really, you know, building the, the structure upon which we'll build our life. Because I think so many of us, you know, throw ourselves into so many different things without, you know, taking the time to really think about what it is that, you know, provides us with, with passion and with, you know, long term commitment to things because, well, I think it's a time that we can very much explore, but also, you know, keep in keep building your strength at the same time. I think, you know, beyond just yoga. Definitely. And the last question is what advice uh, do you hope to learn from your older self? Like what is what is it that you, you know, don't feel like you have figured out now that you hope your older self will be able to tell you you got it figured out? Uh, yeah, probably trust the flow, you know. You don't have to have all the answers and, you know, the control is an illusion anyway. So you don't have to try so hard or sort of push, you know, quite so hard. It's kind of our masculine culture that's, you know, transmitting through me in those actions and probably a lot more surrender would be wise. Absolutely. Well, I'm sure, you know, with your commitment to your yoga practice and all the work that you're doing, you're definitely on your path there. So I, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show today, for educating us around ganja yoga, the different, you know, types of marijuana, how, you know, people might be able to access it if it's their first time exploring this world. And this has been just such an informative 
informative interview for me. So I'm so grateful you made the time. Awesome. Well, I definitely hope to see you at class soon. Absolutely. I really want to come out. So I'm, I'm going to book a class. I will keep the listeners posted on how it goes. And I'm excited to explore more. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you so much to Dee for coming on the show today, for having this conversation with me. I hope you guys learned a ton from it. As always, I'm here to answer questions, and I know Dee is really receptive to answering any of your questions, so feel free to ask them in the tribe or on Instagram or wherever you'd like to connect. We're always here to talk about this stuff with you. And I just want to say thank you for, you know, just sticking around with the show. I love hearing from you guys when you reach out, especially when you share on your Instagram stories that you've been enjoying the show and that it's something that you listen to each week. I know it means a ton to me and with a lot going on, it's so nice to feel that kind of personal connection with people. I sometimes feel a little bit frustrated with various social media platforms because of algorithms and things that don't really allow us to connect, which is the whole point of it. But I'm constantly reminded by how amazing you guys are. And when you have something to say, you will always say it and you will always reach out to me and know that I'm here and I'm listening and I respond to every single one of you or as best as I can because that's why I'm here. I'm here to build human connection and be able to have these conversations, you know, whether it be in person or whether it be online, wherever it has to happen. I'm so thrilled that we can be able to have these kinds of conversations and what truly, you know, ignites my passion and makes me feel fulfilled in life. So just thank you for everyone who allows me to do this and who is willing and open to have these kinds of conversations. It really is the ultimate for me. And coming up next week on the show, we have Sonia Overheiser, who runs a blog with her husband called A Couple Cooks. And we're going to be chatting about her new cookbook, but also about some personal struggles that she's had, including, you know, miscarriage and the adoption process. And I know that there's a lot of women out there who are also struggling with these things. So I hope that this episode can be helpful for you. So stay tuned for that next week. And until then, I will... Talk to you soon. Have a good one. Bye, guys. 